This podcast episode is part of a series brought to you by the UK's Great Britain and Northern Ireland Ready to Trade campaign in partnership with Reuters Plus. To find out more about investing or starting up in the UK, visit great.gov.uk. Hello and welcome to the Ready to Trade podcast series. This episode is the UK's e-commerce boom. The UK has one of the most advanced e-commerce markets in Europe. It's currently ranked third in the world for online sales, with e-commerce accounting for more than 30% of retail sales in the UK last year for the first time. COVID-19 has further fueled this boom. To explore the buzz around the UK's digital business and e-commerce ecosystem, and to analyse what's next, I'm joined by Anne Bowden, CEO of Starling Bank, and Kaz Patton, CEO of Onbuy. Starling is a digital challenger bank that has been recognised as the best British bank by the British Bank Awards for the past three years. Anne Bowden is also the author of Banking On It, How I Disrupted an Industry. While Onbuy.com is one of the fastest growing online marketplaces, Following a recent £5 million investment, OnBuy is embarking on a worldwide scale-up with a plan to reach more than 140 countries by 2023. Anne, let me come to you first. The UK is one of the most advanced e-commerce markets in the world. Why do you think e-commerce businesses are thriving here? Well, they are thriving, and especially um, in today's times. Um, we have a pandemic which has caused huge amount of heartache but it's also accelerated the move to digital, perhaps say by 10 years. And in the UK, we have the, well, we have the infrastructure, uh, we have the connectivity. Um, we also have the culture in some respect where people um, are embracing digital and e-commerce. And I think we have got to that tipping point. There's a certain tipping point where it becomes the way things are done. And that is definitely the case with digital banking. Um, in the UK is the center of the fintech world. Um, we are admired by countries all over the world as the place where fintech, where digital banking experiences are pervasive and where um, the rest of the world is taking leadership from uh, because of the regulatory environment, because of the fact that people have suddenly decided it's digital, it's e-commerce, this is the way business is done. Kaz, when you launched onbuy.com in 2016, you spotted a, an opportunity, presumably, a, a gap in the market. What was that gap, would you say? Well, I mean, the UK is, is an enormous e-commerce country. And uh, I've been an e-commerce consultant and digital development consultant and owning web development businesses. I was always consulting e-commerce businesses to thrive in, in the UK and internationally. Uh, I saw an opportunity to, to scale a platform that was different from other marketplaces, a platform that would, um, you know, introduce ethics as part of its core business practice. And we take our ethics very seriously, ethics of fairness, transparency, and creating a level playing field. So by that, I mean a marketplace that sells every type of product, you know, over 6,000 categories of product, but ultimately not a retailer ourselves. We don't sell any products. We, we don't hold any of our own inventory. We only sell the stock of our retailers. And therefore, we're not having to sway the balance in terms of which products we promote over others because everything has an equal place and and this is one of the things that retailers were really hoping to get out of this enormous market you know consumers love marketplaces they love to buy things they love to be able to buy from multiple sale, sellers in a in a single transaction and put numerous items into their shopping basket and check out uh, we we realized that you know this this convenience or the desire for convenience of um, of consumers 
was coming at a cost to the retailers where uh, marketplaces were strangling the retailers because they were competing with them and selling and selling product um, that was held and owned by the marketplace, not just the retailers. So we decided to make a change. And it's quite clear, you know, this gap in the market has proven itself. We've grown um, at 24,000% growth in four years, you know, it's enormous. And we're now a 200 million pound company um, in our you know, in our fourth year of trading. So it certainly did uh, prove that gap. So that, that's really good scene setter to both of your businesses. And let me come back to you. Starling is a really inspirational business model. First UK digital bank to be founded by a woman. First UK digital challenger bank to turn a profit. And launching a bank isn't like launching other kinds of businesses. I mean, what, what, where did, how did you know where to start? What fundamentals did you focus on? Well, I'm a technologist. I um, did a computer science degree in the 80s. And I spent a long career, over 30 years, working for the very biggest banks all over the world. And I came to the conclusion that banking was broken. It wasn't using the best technology. Um, there were huge changes in how technolo technology was supporting lots of other industries. But banking hadn't changed. And in 2014, I quit my job to start a new bank, a new bank with new banking systems written from scratch, a new business model, and a new way of engaging with customers. And this bank was launched in 2017 in the app stores after getting its banking license in 2016. And getting a banking license is really, really difficult. You know, it's the, um, it is not a traditional startup, but it was possible to do it in the UK. Uh, because we had the, the supporting um, regulatory environment. And now we have over 2 million customers. We have £5 billion worth of deposits. We've done $2 billion worth of lending. Uh, and we're growing very, very fast. And it's all based on technology and it's all based on engineering. And we're doing that here in the UK. And Kaz, OnBuy is an e-commerce business that effectively enables other businesses to, to trade online. What advantages have you found within the UK digital and e-commerce landscape that's helped your business? Well, the UK is really interesting. You know, when we started OnBuy, we had a choice of where we could launch. We're an international product or we'd set our sights on being on an international e-commerce product. Uh, but we chose the UK for a reason. I mean, it's a hugely saturated uh, e-commerce market with, you know, so many different retailers, so many different um, competitors fighting in the same space that many many thought that launching a marketplace in the UK would be impossible. We sat down with early investors back in the very, very start of our business journey, um, you know, professional venture capital companies who said, look, you know, the, the UK is too saturated, it's too competitive, and it's too difficult to launch in this space. And this was fantastic for me because I realized the UK was the perfect space to launch because if VCs and investors are not backing in that market, I won't have any competition. So I decided that actually investing in this market myself and uh, and being the initial investor, I was fortunate enough to have had successful businesses that, you know, led me forward to be able to launch. I realized the UK would be brilliant for it. There's a huge number of retailers in the UK that were really desperate for a change in the e-commerce market. And I knew that if we had the right business plan, the right model, we would be able to win those retailers, win those products. And very quickly, once you've got something to sell in a marketplace, you can finally start marketing to your, uh, your you know, your customers. And uh, we started to really push this business as hard as we could. We launched in November 2016 um, with nothing to sell and no, no retailers listed on the platform. 
But we were able to scale up so quickly and we're currently onboarding, you know, now five to 600 retailers per month. We've, we've now launched into 13 new countries and we've started to branch out of the UK. But UK was fundamental to that journey. Um, and, and, you know, that, that the way that e-commerce businesses are so you know, keen to, to drive a change in the market has certainly helped propel on by. So UK was without a shadow of a doubt the, the best place to launch on by. And you've already mentioned the COVID-19 pandemic. What sort of changes have you seen in terms of customer online transactions as a result of the pandemic, either in the data or anecdotally? Well, Starling has always been a digital bank. Uh, we don't have branches. Uh, we have technology um, providing all the services that our customers need. Of course, they can use chat or call us up 24 by 7 to have a conversation about some need that's not satisfied um, online. However, other banks have been dependent on, on people, on branches, and we have found that they have not been able to support their customers during this very, very difficult period. And therefore, over the last nine, 12 months, we have grown. And we have grown in lots of different ways, both by providing more services to our customers um, and also providing um, new products. For example, um, during the um, early stages of lockdown, we very quickly launched a product to scan checks so people didn't have to go to the post office to pay checks. We launched a connected card where customers who are self-isolating could actually give a card to people that are shopping for them. But above all, we've seen a huge move to a cashless society. People have not been drawing out cash from ATMs. They have been doing their transactions online using card technology or other payment technologies. And this has um, cemented a digital world based on card technologies and other electronic payment technologies and has moved away from a cash economy and very much a face-to-face -face economy. And this is happening faster and faster. Every day, we sign up between 700 and 1,000 new businesses that have decided to run their business on Starling. And that's a huge move towards the whole digital economy. And you said earlier, Anne, that you think we've jumped ahead 10 years in terms of that trend. That's, I mean, that's astonishing, isn't it? Yeah, I think that um, many of the traditional business models couldn't cope in this world. Um, Starling was built for the cloud. Starling was built for remote working. Starling was built to support businesses that needed to work in a remote way. Uh, and therefore, we were very well positioned to, the, to, to support businesses um, in a very, very different world. All businesses that are based on e-commerce and digital models are doing well. The question is, some businesses out there have old models and they need support and they need government support, but they need support not to support an old model, but to help them transform into a successful business. And successful businesses are digital. Kaz, does that resonate with you and your experience of the last year or so? No, absolutely. I mean, if nothing else, uh, you know, the coronavirus pandemic was a catalyst for change. And, um, you know, it really, it really accelerated the, the response. And, and in my opinion, you know, businesses who had already taken care of digital or were very, uh, you know, very easily able to adapt their businesses and react. They, they, they were able to survive and be strong. And businesses that were, as, you know, Anne points out, in, the, in an old format, an old model, they weren't. And the truth is, 
you know, the, I've, I've, I've consulted many businesses in terms of how to react during, you know, lockdowns and, and changes in consumer behavior since the start of the pandemic. And the, the very truth is, you know, digital is the way forward. There's no doubt. And your business needs to embrace that opportunity. The UK has proven how resilient we are as a as a country, both throughout the pandemic and and, and in the business sense, you know, the uh, the changes in business and and problems and hardships that people have felt. But you you know even even the smallest cafes and smallest food shops have started to you know adopt online to to get product to consumers as as quickly and low cost as possible, and they've thrived as a consequence. So when I when I say catalyst. Um, this acceleration towards digital is now, and that's why banks like Stalin have done so well and OnBuy's done so well to secure retailers that really want to embrace online. And we support those retailers and don't compete with them. And I think that's been a, a huge selling point for us. So absolutely. As we are hearing in this podcast brought to you by the UK's Great Britain and Northern Ireland Ready to Trade campaign in partnership with Reuters Plus, the UK is ready to trade. Find out more about opportunities the UK offers by visiting Great gov.uk. Kaz, let me come back to you for a moment. You recently announced that you're opening an office in Manchester. Can I ask why you chose Manchester as a location for expansion? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, on by you know, accelerating. We're based on the south coast in Pool, our HQs in Pool, our hearts in Pool, in terms of, you know, the beauty and the surrounding areas. Lovely place to be, but, you know, Pool does not necessarily shout, um, you know, tech. Uh, tech recruitment and and tech uh, you know, tech leaders. So we've decided to move to Manchester. A lot of people wondered why we didn't move to London, but the truth is the North is such a powerhouse now in terms of digitization and uh, and e-commerce. So Manchester was a really important part of our journey. And even though our business has evolved rapidly to a you know a remote working online uh, company that's recruited, you know uh, we've increased our team. Should I say seventy percent in 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 the lockdown, which is huge. Um, we still want a physical presence. It's still important to have a physical presence, a base for people to attend. And we decided that Manchester was a really interesting location because it's such a creative, diverse city. And uh, we, we saw huge opportunity, um, so much so that we've invested £10 million now. Or we've committed to investing £10 million into infrastructure within Manchester. And we're already recruiting in Manchester for obviously temporarily remote people and some full-time remote people. Um, so Manchester is a really big focus point of ours. And uh, we see that as a as a huge opportunity over the next few years. And how, how has remote working affected your business? Uh, well, we were built to go remote. We have been um, operating in the cloud when the first uh, banks in the world, retail banks in the world to operate in the cloud. Uh, we now operate from offices um, in London, Southampton and Cardiff. Um, so we have presence in various regions, we, but at the moment, we are working in a very remote way as we serve our customers that have also gone remote. Uh, but the but we're all waiting for the opportunity to start um, getting back into the offices and start working on how we can support a new economy. And Anne, I understand that Starling has rejected a number of acquisition offers and that you may be aiming for an IPO, a uh, stock market listing in 2022. What does the future hold for Starling Bank, would you say? Well, I can't possibly uh, comment on some of those um, press um, articles, but uh, we are heading towards an IPO um, and uh, we have a lot to do to get to that particular point. Uh, but the IPO is not the critical part in our development. It is expanding across Europe 
and expanding to other parts of the world. We've got a lot on our plate. We are planning to grow substantially in the UK. We currently have um, over 2 million customers and um, uh, 300,000 businesses, uh, but we have a long way to go in the UK and we are in the process of um, obtaining a banking license um, in order to um, uh, expand across Europe. And Kaz, I understand that kind of unicorn status, as they say, is not too far off for you and you're just launching a Series B funding round. Tell me about your future expansion plans a little more, if you would. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're we're actually opening a new fundraise. You you opened the uh, you opened the podcast with a you know a, a point around the fact that we raised five million pounds. Well, yeah, that was only eight months ago that we we actually completed our Series A fund round, and already we're we're moving to our Series B because the growth of the business has just been so aggressive and so successful. Um, you know, the big thing for us is uh, very similar to what Anne's saying. You know, we 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 we're going to continue to grow in the UK. There's enormous opportunity in the UK. Uh, we have around seven and a half thousand retailers live on on buy, but you know there's at least three hundred thousand retailers in our in in our uh, in our focus, and um, internationalization is our biggest biggest opportunity. So you know we're we're already scaling internationally, and not necessarily to the countries that you might assume that we're scaling into. Uh, there are some really interesting new emerging e-commerce markets that we're really focusing on as well. So globalization, um, you know, giving independent business businesses in the UK access to new countries and vice versa. You know, we're trying to grow the first international marketplace and that works both ways. And that's why we built such a strong relationship with the UK Department of International Trade, because we're helping companies to scale internationally and also helping companies to sell into the UK and everywhere else. So huge, huge scale up here. Uh, we're also launching our, our on by app, our shopping app, a global app product, which enables you know customers to buy from retailers they can choose where, where they're buying from do searches across 6,000 categories um, we currently have 36 million products on our platform so you know the growth in terms of product range and categories is, is phenomenal and that means that we're ticking more more and more boxes for consumers to find products that they want to buy uh, and we're on this growth journey towards a total of 140 countries by the year end you know 2023 uh, it's an enormous achievement and we're putting all of the resource we can together to make that happen. Uh, and that, you know, that brings lots of new challenges, you know, logistic challenges for our partners to open up new couriers and, and new fulfillment operations in new countries they may not have traded before. And of course, it's up to our retailers where they sell, but our job is to try and open up new opportunities for retailers. So enormous plans. Um, but, you know, they, you know, they say Rome wasn't built in a day. We're just trying to build it in a couple of days. <laughs> in your introductory comments, Kaz, you also mentioned ethics, and I just wanted to come back on you uh, on that point, because it's not necessarily the first thing you expect a technology entrepreneur to mention. Why are ethics important to your business model? I think ethics are important to life. I think one of the things is that, you know, I think it got lost. I think so many businesses end up being greedy and really focusing on bottom line and not necessarily focusing on the greater good. And one of the things that we decided as a business was, you know, we can help. We can help. We can literally help businesses. We can help consumers. We can do greater good in terms of, you know, why why become a monopoly? Why why become a retailer of everything and trying to squeeze small businesses into being non-existent when actually, you know, leveraging uh, these great retailers that are investing in fantastic products and bringing in new products to market uh, help give consumers more choice. And the truth is, we felt that ethics really matters. You know, some businesses list, you know, ethical 
uh, values such as transparency and diversity and equality in their mission statements. It's written on a wall somewhere and you walk into their offices, but outside of their mission statement, it never really comes up. Well, to OnBuy, it's far more than that. You know, we, we literally everything that we do, every decision that we make is built on what is the greater good? What are we trying to achieve? What's the purpose of this? And it, it can't just be always to make money. It has to be, you know, make money, but in the right way, with the right, with the right reasoning. And um, on that basis, we made a commitment to our retailers to never compete with them, to always be a level playing field. So our retailers know that, you know, we charge the same fee structure for every retailer. There's not one retailer on one charging contract and one on another. And therefore, you know, you've got all of your retailers wondering um, how much their competitors are paying to the marketplace. This happens across loads of marketplaces in the world. And we decided, no, we need a level playing field. We just need a really fair platform. And you see what that does is it helps the consumer because consumers can come in and they, you know, they know that they're getting a sense of um, value out of that marketplace. The, the marketplace has values and it's trying to reflect those. It looks after its retailers. It actually cares about the customer. It just makes such a big difference. I mean, it, we're not in the 1990s anymore. This is, this is a completely different era where ethics do matter. And you're clearly a champion of free trade in the UK. Can I get your top thought on doing digital business in the UK? How optimistic are you for, for that sector of the market? I'm very, very optimistic about digital. And I'm very optimistic about how we get the right combination of regulation um, and environment to make digital businesses a success. Um, Starling is a tech business. It is a fintech business. And we must appreciate that the UK is the home for so many very, very successful fintech businesses. And when I talk to countries around the world about why we have this very successful business in the UK, it is because the regulators, the financial services regulators in the UK, have always had a, um, had a view that competition was important. And that's why we created Starling. Starling was possible because the regulations allowed it. And that is why we are leading the way in financial technology throughout the world. Kaz, same question to you. How do you feel about the prospects for UK e-commerce? I think it's never been a better time to embrace digital. I mean, it's proven itself time and time again. And I don't think that the, the market's going to bounce back from coronavirus in quite the same way. I genuinely believe even in the short term, short term impacts of e-commerce opportunity, really, you know, the Consumers don't want to go crowding back into busy shopping centers. They don't want to go huddling in small discount stores. There's going to be distancing. And with that distancing comes increased queues and, you know, less convenience. And I think there's still a huge place for retail. Don't get me wrong. Retail is by far not eradicated. I just think it, it, it's going to be experienced retail. It's going to be people wanting to go out and enjoy the experience of going to the shops and enjoying a meal or a glass of wine, you know, after, after doing the shopping. Um, but what what is ever you know um, evident really is the is the drive towards uh, e-commerce and it's a huge market. More and more customers want to place their orders and get them conveniently delivered. They want them delivered to work. They want them delivered you know delivered to home. Lockers, collect locations, uh, just makes their life easier. They don't need to take that travel time. They can place that order, collect the product at convenience, or have it delivered to their house. E-commerce is 
is a huge market in the UK and it's and it's it's obviously noticeably increasing. But what's even more exciting as well is internationalization because you know some there's some countries out there growing at ridiculous speed in terms of their adaption and, and adoption towards e-commerce. You know, they're adapting to change and they're they're adopting a new way of ordering. So Onbuy's growth is is really exciting in this space. Thanks to Starling Banks and Bowden and Onbuy's Kaz Patton for your expert insights into the UK's e-commerce and digital business boom before, during and after the COVID-19 pandemic. To hear more about the spirit of creativity in Great Britain and Northern Ireland, join me for the second podcast in this series. We'll be looking at extraordinary innovations in healthcare in the UK and the impact these can have on global health. This Ready to Trade podcast is brought to you by the UK's Great Britain and Northern Ireland Ready to Trade campaign in partnership with Reuters Plus. If you're a startup looking to do business in the UK or an investor eyeing up exciting opportunities, find out more by visiting great.gov.uk.